Pastor Todd always says, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You know, I think all of that is so true because to live out your calling, you have to have this, in, it's an inside out job. It's like living a life of integrity. It's the inside out things that cause you to be able to walk into the calling that God's placed on your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood Podcast is all about investing in every girl from every generation to live intentionally, lead confidently, and love generously. And hopefully, it will leave you saying, that was so good. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. I am really excited today because I have two of my favorite people, and I'm not just saying that. Mm -hmm. These are two of the most amazing women and pastors on our team and really leading the next generation in such a powerful way. I've got with me Erica Paul. She looks after all of our next-gen creative and is doing a fantastic job. Children, students, young adults, creative. You do it all, Eric. I'm it's so glad to have you on. A job with a lot of levity. So yes, it's a lot of fun. it is a lot of fun. And you are a lot of fun. And I've got Carissa. She is no stranger to the podcast. And she looks after our sisterhood. Um, she looks after all of our foster care initiatives and all other duties as assigned, right? And amen. And amen. <laughs> yeah. So we work pretty close together, so there's yeah. a lot of other duties as assigned. But hey, we are so excited about this conversation today. So this entire podcast season is all about the value and the importance of community. So I'm going to ask you guys to introduce yourselves and then maybe share something that somebody wouldn't know about you unless they'd been your friend for quite a few years. So why don't you just jump in first there, Erica? <laughs> okay, yeah. Like Pastor Julie mentioned, I'm Erica, and uh, I have the best job in the world. It's a lot of fun. I've been on staff just celebrated 10 years in August, wow. which is wild. Super and how fun. old are you? I'm 20. Oh, you can't ask a woman. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm 29. Started when I was a mere 19 year old, and I was. I know when you said 10 years, people are going to think you're like 50 or something. No, I'm 29. She's like 29. God bless the people who let me at 19, because Lord knows <laughs> I've come a long way. And one thing about me, I I try to think about this. I'm an open book, but I have an unhealthy obsession with peanut butter and jelly. Uncrustables would be my meal for every meal if it could. I just found dipsticks that are like peanut butter and jelly dipsticks. They're awesome. kind of my my thing right now. Is this um, a new thing or is oh, this always been? No, it has no, always like, been. Yeah. Peanut butter and jelly and apple juice would be, I'm basically a five-year-old when it comes to my <laughs> dietary choices. Nyla would be jealous, Carissa. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> but I just love, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's really that's jealous, awesome. So. Do you know the song Peanut Butter and Jelly? Oh, I sure do. Okay, It is awesome. a crowd favorite. Classic. That will okay. be my first dance at my wedding will be to that song. Pastor, do you know that song? <laughs> I totally know that song. Well, so, I totally. We don't use it. Yeah, I got to get a little rendition. You going to sing it? Oh, me? Go ahead, no. yeah. <laughs> Peanut butter jelly time. Oh, that's not the one I know. But oh, mine's a oh, camp there's another? Oh, go ahead. Go, do it again. Oh. No, you go. You what go. is your camp song? No, I'm not, I'm not doing it now. Oh, I... <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that one. That's your What's yours? It's the... the... Where are you at? Where are you at? There they go. There they go. It's like a it's like peanut a peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter and jelly. Thank you. Strength in numbers. Peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter jelly, jelly, jelly with the baseball bat. Oh, I did yeah. know that one. <laughs> I did know that one. Okay. <laughs> I love to know yours. No, no, we're not going there. The we are not doing mine. I'm going to date myself so bad if I tell you my. But I do remember. I do know that song too. Okay. Wow. 
Carissa, something wow. fun. Please, well, Carissa. mine is not that profound, but <laughs> yeah, I'm Carissa. Me and Erica are basically twins. I'm going on staff at Christ Fellowship for this. This will be my 10th year. I'm also 29, if wow. you're wondering. And yeah, I'm a mom of two. My husband's name, Cole. We've been married. We just celebrated seven years Wild. married. So and I guess, you know, I've got some some fun facts I don't like share with everyone. Like, you know, I was a competitive cheerleader and competitive hip hop dancer. What? Yeah. Hip hop dancer. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. I'm so sad like, that we're not putting this out on video right now <laughs> because there, there would be a display of your talents right now. You will never get me to do that. That is not a part of the other duties as a side. <laughs> I think it now is. I need lessons. So that's amazing. That's never, amazing. never. Yeah, that's never. awesome. Okay, well, great. <laughs> this is a... <laughs> Great place to start the conversation because in this in the last um, episode, Christine Kane was our special guest, yep. and she talked about people that get stuck in their past, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and you are no longer hip hop dancing. <laughs> We're kind of no thankful longer. for that, but really, just to turn a sharp corner <laughs> to get a little more serious, is she talked a little bit about people that get stuck in their past, and yeah. many times we get stuck in seasons that we should just be passing through, right? But she talked about the importance of not getting stuck in our past, but looking forward to what God's future is for us. And and I would love to hear a little bit about, you know, when, when you guys listened to that, that conversation, what jumped out at you and what was your big takeaway? Yeah, I loved what she, sh- she shared. I'm so glad I'm not stuck in my hip hop dancing past. Praise God. <laughs> this is my testimony. <laughs> but one of the things that really stuck out to me, she was using this relay race illustration. She was talking about how our walk of faith is truly a relay race and that we are called to really steward that exchange zone well to pass off our faith to the next generation. And I was personally challenged by this because she talked about three different people, the people that were sloppy in the exchange zone, the people that were late in passing the baton, and then the ones that dropped it. Mm -hmm. And man, I feel like We could all find ourselves in one of those places. But for me specifically, I was challenged by the word sloppy Mm. because if I'm honest, I said I'm a mom of two and my life sometimes looks physically a bit sloppy. I mean, the other day, Pastor Dave, he's the gardens campus pastor. He opened my car door just to check how clean or dirty my (laughs) car was. And it was mortifying. I'm like, Pastor Dave, a, a mom of two has a crazy looking car. Do not open the car door of a mom of two. But anyway, so physically, sometimes my life looks a little sloppy, but also I was challenged because truthfully, the passing of the baton of our faith is really this legacy perspective. And I'm 29, young mom, you know, like, I don't know that I'm always thinking legacy. Right. I don't know that I'm always like framing the spiritual moments that I steward in my life and in my family and in my home through this legacy relay race perspective. And and I think sometimes I get a little sloppy in it. And I don't think very strategically around it. Every moment is a sacred moment to steward. Yeah. Pastor Julie, you talk about stewarding those moments well. And I just don't want to be sloppy in stewarding the exchange of my faith to my daughters, to the people in my life. That just really stuck with me when she shared that. Yeah, I, lo- I loved that because it really, what she talked about was how there's so much intentionality involved, right? You only have, you know, a certain number of meters where the baton can be passed with your kids. You only have a certain amount of years that you're going to be the the primary voice in their life, right? And so it takes great intentionality and then making sure that you're running at full speed, 
but also making sure that you're intentional about what you're handing off, who you're handing it off to, and the the timing of that is so important. That's so powerful. What about you, Erica? I was really challenged about the fact that there was a generation that did not know about the works of God when the generation before them got to see God in powerful displays. She talked about seeing Jericho's walls fall right. down. I got to see such powerful displays of the power of God and to have a generation after that did not see that is disappointing to think about. But when I think about that in the context of my life, what am I holding back from God that should be on display about the power that he's displayed in my life? Because at the end of the day, every generation is going to tell about the mighty acts of God. Right. And I'm a generation that needs to tell and the generation after me and the generation after me needs to tell about those things. When we display the mighty acts of God to the generation after us, it, I think it provides fuel to the fire to understand that God's at work in their lives too. Mm-hmm. And whenever they're given the opportunity to share their faith with other people or given a platform to share about the things that matter to God, they're able to share and see the importance of how the mighty acts of God in their life can impact other people mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just that whole ideology of, hey, there's a generation that has more access to a platform to speak and influence more than ever. And how am I stewarding what God's doing in my life to show that God wants to do that in their lives to turn fuel into fire? I love that because, you know, because you're so creative, Erica, and I know that there's never been a generation that has a larger platform than this generation through yeah. Instagram and TikTok and all of all the things, right? All the things I probably didn't even know. But just to be able to look through that lens and going, wow, how am I leveraging the platforms that I have to be able to advance the gospel, to yeah. be able to actually pass the baton? I hadn't thought about that before, but you know, when you think about the exchange zone, if you look through that lens of just how powerful that could be, that everything that I would put out there, that I would post or that I would like, you know, that it, that it was all advancing the kingdom and how that is is a part of how we pass the baton to the people that are actually watching us. Again, we're, we were talking about the one-on-one exchange zone, you know, from one generation to a mom to a daughter, but there's also this one to several thousand exchange zone that what is it that you want to pass on yeah. and what message do you want to put out? So that's that's amazing. And you do that so well. Both of you do that so well. You carry that responsibility. You know, one of the things that that we talked about in the last episode also was just about the the value and the the importance of having the right people running alongside you that are going to fuel your purpose, right? They're going to cheer you on your in your race and and how important that is. And there were some friendships that she really had to evaluate, right? To evaluate to see are these the friends that are going to fuel the purposes that God's put on my life, because the, those running closest to us, and that's what we're talking about right now, those running closest to us. So um, how have you seen kind of that principle play out in your own life of, of just how it's important to make sure the right people are running alongside? When she was talking about the phrase that they say in Australia about blowing wind up the skirt, yeah. that whole idea of you want people around you that are going to challenge you and push you towards Jesus and aren't going to just pat you on the back and send you on the way. And when I was listening to that part of the podcast, I thought of a very specific season in my life. Part of my story is I walked through a season of suicide and depression, and I was in a moment that was probably one of the darkest in my life and felt like I had no one to turn to, but was really grateful for a friend that I knew I could reach out to. That day that I was having my dark moment had also one of the worst days of the week. It was just a rough day for her mm-hmm. too. I didn't want to call because it was so rough. And I just remember being, I, I need someone. I need someone to be with me right now. So I called her and went and visited her and 
told her what was going on and she was basically like, I can't leave you like this. And so tomorrow I need you to go to someone and tell them what you're walking through or I'm going to have to do it for you. But I can't let you keep living like this and went with me to a pastor to go just talk through all of the things I was wrestling with in my life. And that's my freedom day that I celebrate (laughs) every year. And that person was Carissa sitting across the table from me that was there for me. And so when I've told people that story, believe it or not, people have had a kind of weird reaction or like, Mm -hmm. wow, I can't believe they just put you in that position to have to share such intimate details of your life. I'm like, that saved my life. That saved my life that she made a hard choice to walk with me. And to hold me accountable and to make sure that I didn't stay where I was. Mm -hmm. And so when I was listening to that, I just think so often that when we're held accountable in relationship or when people make you make a challenging choice that's ultimately going to be better for you, people view that as such a negative thing. (laughs) And I think that's such a courageous thing to do. I thank God every day that she made the choice to not enable me Mm -hmm. to keep walking that out or just say, it's okay. It's just a rough day. You're going to be fine. She actually said, no, this is going to be a stake in the ground and I can't leave you like this. And either you're going to do it or I'm sorry, like I'm going to do it for you. And now I celebrate that day every year. And I'm so (laughs) thankful to God for another year. But it it was because of a friend that challenged me that I was able to have that moment. So that was that was one way I've seen that play out in my life. My life has never been the same because of that. Um, Wow. That that is so powerful because, you know, you you just said so many profound things there, but that accountability isn't negative, right? That it's really someone caring enough to help you keep commitments that you made. And you made a commitment to Jesus, you made a commitment to your calling, and to have a friend come alongside and just to help you keep that commitment and do whatever it took to be able to. Sometimes we have to make hard choices in friendships to care more about the person than maybe how the person might feel about us yeah. in that moment. And those are hard choices to make, but mm-hmm. important ones. And and knowing that you have those kinds of friends, that that takes time and intentionality. Wow, that was so good. Carissa. Love you, Erica. Or, love you, I know, right? I'm like, <laughs> tears, tears yeah. in the studio. Oh, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. When she was talking about friendships that fuel your purpose and your calling, you know, I was I was thinking about just like, I don't think there's a lot of people in my life that aren't like cheering me on, like, yeah, that's a good thing you're doing. You know, like there's not a lot of people out there like, you stink, you know. <laughs> there's you know, I think most often there's a lot of voices that are cheering you on, clapping. At least that should be the majority of the choir in your life. Uh, but it, when it comes to the people I sit around the dinner table with, um, the really like close people to me, I know my calling is is not just something that happens. It's it's fueled out of who I am. And so the people that I surround myself with at the dinner table are people that fuel who I am, that fuel my calling. And I've noticed that there are some people that I've had to reevaluate. I like how you how Christine put that, that she had to reevaluate who the closest people are, the people at her dinner table, the, the closest five. And Pastor Todd always says, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You know, I think all of that is so true because to live out your calling, you have to have this, in, it's an inside out job. It's mm-hmm. like living a life of integrity. It's the inside out things that cause you to be able to walk into the calling that God's placed on your life. And I've just noticed, to be honest, there are, there are some friendships that when I sat around the dinner table, we hung out at game night or whatever it is, you know, I left not feeling right. Like, mm. I'm just being honest. Like, I've, I've left going, man, I'm either leaving a little bitter because we stirred up some conversation that was like, 
gosh, was that healthy for my soul? Was that honoring of other people like in my sphere of influence? And I've left feeling like discontent or insecure or bitter. Like the way people leave you really ought to be a sign to reevaluate who you're sitting around the dinner table with. And um, because it it is an inside out job, fueling your calling is an inside out job. And if the people around you are stirring things up in you that aren't going to cause you to to grow in your faith, to love Jesus more, to honor people better, to live a life filled with integrity, then then it's really a moment to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've had to do. I've had to go, man, are these people helping me become more like Jesus or are these people stirring up some things that are unwanted? I don't want that. That's not fueling my calling. That's mm-hmm. not fueling the vision and the plans that God has for my life. Right. I love that. You know, and and you're not saying they're not your friends. Right. You're just saying they're not my top five, yeah. the people that I am counting on yeah. to be able to fuel my calling and that I'm going to be responsible yeah. to fuel theirs, right? Because yeah. you said when you ask yourself the question, how do I leave that person? Like, how do I feel when I leave that person? I think another question is how people leave us. Yeah, like, yeah. I that made me just, I wrote down the question right when you said, that, I'm like, wow, how are people leaving my house at the end of the night after we've sat down for a card game? How are people leaving my presence? And what a responsibility that is because it's important to find these kinds of friends, but how important is to be this yeah, friend, to right. be the one that feels someone's calling. And that, you know, like you said, Erica, earlier, just by sharing that story, that this was something, you know, that Carissa did without even knowing that seven years later, you'd be sitting here telling that story and encouraging someone else out there that might be walking through a similar situation to be that friend who's going to, when someone leaves me, I want to make sure they leave better. I want to make sure they leave stronger. I want to make sure they they leave empowered. So these are great questions to ask ourselves, but so good. You know, one of the biggest problems that I believe that we can make in our friendships is thinking that our friendships are for us, Right. You know, my greatest friendships down through the years have not been the friendships that that we've been sitting on benches. It's the times we've been digging and working in trenches, right? And so I think that there's so important for us to have a bigger vision for our relationships and our friendships, a vision that that goes beyond us. And, you know, for, for you guys, why do you think it is important to have a bigger vision, a greater vision for your relationships? And how has being on mission together actually strengthened your bond of friendship? Yeah. Well, you you guys talked about these one another's all throughout scripture. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about this specific verse that Jesus says in John 13, 35. This really is the vision for friendships and relationships. Jesus tells us to love one another. And by this, the world will know that we are his disciples. And and that means that our relationships and our friendships, they're really living testimonies. And so if we need a better vision for friendships, that it's not just about us and what we get from our friendships and the you know the, the joy and really the gift that friendships and relationships are in our life, they're actually much more significant than just that. They are truly living testimonies for a lost and dying world, that we love Jesus, that this is who we follow, that he is Lord of our life just by the way we navigate our friendships and relationships. So I think if if we need vision for our friendships, that is it. Let us get it from Jesus. I think that's a great place to start. So good. 
If you want to connect with some friends and dig deeper into the content from the podcast today, we've created a resource just for you. It's called Show Notes Plus. And Show Notes Plus gives you access to the notes from today's episode, discussion questions, key scripture verses, and links to additional resources, and even some devotionals. So make sure you click the link in our show notes so you don't miss out on the chance to dive deeper. I think we're in a time in history right now that's all about being self-motivated and self-first, and there's nothing wrong with taking care of ourselves. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think that we are both sharpening, and we're also being sharpened. So if you're something that sharpens without something to sharpen, you're missing your purpose. Mm. And if you're something that's dull with nothing to sharpen against, you're also missing your purpose. And so I think the beauty of community is we're all looking to be the best version of ourselves and to step fully into the calling that has been placed on our lives. Mm -hmm. But that's impossible without having people around you. Um, And in another way, it's a beautiful duty that I had the capacity when I jump into a relationship with someone to leave them better than I found them. Mm -hmm. And that's such a beautiful gift to steward. And so when we rob ourselves of community, we rob ourselves of the opportunity to not only be sharpened, but to sharpen Mm -hmm. other people. I think... For me and you, Erica, we've had so many opportunities where we literally were like, got our hands dirty. We're like taking a church van out to, you know, a different a different city an hour away just to spend hours serving people in a different community. And those are the moments that I cherish the most with my friends is yeah. just like because they're intimacy builders. Like it becomes more than just like a surface level relationship. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you get to see something you know, you, you get to see kids in Belle Glade right. at our ministry center, you know, living differently, right? Yep. Today, their lives are different today because of the investment you guys made together years ago. You get to see a, a young adults event like Wake come to life and see life change and just the altars flooded yeah. with young adults praying and seeking the Lord with all their heart because of the trenches you guys have been digging together. And so this is important work, but having a bigger vision, right, and purpose for your friendship, especially when we're actually fighting a spiritual battle, right? We're, we're actually taking ground together when we're on mission together. How have you guys been able to fight for friendships, fight for relationships? I think honestly, is key. And I think not being afraid to call someone up is key. And again, I think those are the conversations that are hardest to have with people or people tend to stray away from because it's not fun saying, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm seeing this. And if you keep walking this way, this is where this is going to lead. Or, hey, um, you said this and it impacted me this way. And I know you might not have meant it, but because I care about you, I don't want bitterness to root. And so I'm going to have the conversation. So I think for me and all my friendships, I, I strive to be really honest about where I stand or if I'm seeing something. And I think that vulnerability and honesty precedes on vulnerability and honesty. Mm-hmm. And so you can't, it's a two-way street, but you can't expect someone to be that for you if you're not going to be that for them too. So those are kind of my two, vulnerability and honesty, because friendships take intentional care. The ones that last take mm-hmm. intentional care. Mm-hmm. And those questions are super important. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you're saying. It made me think, this question made me think about Job, who, like, if we're talking spiritual battle, like, he was going through a spiritual battle on all fronts. Like, everything in his life was falling apart. And there's this passage that I was reading a couple mornings ago that hit me so hard when it came to friendship because Job was struggling spiritually, like, 
everything in his life was falling apart. And he had these three friends that were trying to help him answer this big question, like, why is all this happening to me? And these three friends, like, were, you know, had this whole speech for him and and he rebuked them. Like, it was, it was not the words he needed. It was not what was helping the spiritual attack that was going on his life. But then this fourth guy, his name was Elihu. And in Job 32, it says that Elihu's young in years and he waited, you know, for his chance to talk. And in, in verse 11, it says, I... Elihu, I waited while you spoke. I listened to your reasoning while you were searching for words, and I gave you my full attention. Which I'm like, if I need a model on how to be a good friend when there's a spiritual attack, yeah. like that is a good framework. Right. I am definitely going to apply that to my life. But then he, he said, for I'm full of words, and the spirit within me compels me. My words come from an upright heart. My lips sincerely speak what I know. The spirit of God has made me. And I was just thinking like Elihu actually had the words that would then help Job and help kind of answer some of his really big questions and the spiritual attack that he was facing. And I'm like, man, what was the difference between Elihu and the other three friends? And it was just this this pure heart filled with the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. He had words for him from the Holy Spirit that 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 job needed like these other three friends they had they had some words to say to job but they were not words from the spirit of god you know words that would actually help him in his spiritual attack that he was facing and and his posture elihu's posture was just so beautiful to me that he waited to speak he listened to the re- to his reasoning and he gave him his full attention i'm like gosh mm-hmm. That's the kind of friend I want to be. Yeah. Like the spiritual attack on our life is so real. And I don't need just like to be a friend that's mm-hmm. got a great, you know, one liner to drop or an Instagram post to send in hopes that it's going to encourage someone. But I need to be an attentive listener. Mm-hmm. I need to be a Holy Spirit word giver. Like that's mm-hmm. what that's what we need in our friendships in order to carry each other through. Yeah. Yeah, that is so powerful. And I think that's the key to longevity too, because the longer we serve on mission together, it can be so easy to just let our relationships go on autopilot. And so you talked about waiting, right? Waiting with someone and then listening and then giving someone your full attention. And I think that is one thing as time goes on that it can be really easy to begin to take these friendships that were on mission together for granted. And I think it's really important to also tell people that you're really grateful for them, right? Right? Yeah. To, to not forget to tell the important people, the people that you're doing life with that have actually you know left you better than they found you. Let them know that you're grateful for them. Talk about Jesus with them. Pray together. And I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but I, I have just found the depth of friendship and relationship when we have actually prayed for each other and prayed with each other, right? It actually helps eliminate a lot of the the conflicts that, that could be waiting for us, right? I mean, there's always going to be conflict and we have to learn how to navigate that. You talked about that earlier, Erica, but I do think there's a lot of conflict that can be avoided. Um, a lot of offenses that we won't carry if we're praying with each other, praying for each other, and really allowing our relationships to to be a reflection of of what God, you know, what, what he talks about, his church, right? To be a reflection to the world that, hey, this is how it can be done. You know, that this, this is possible to be 10 years with each other and still friends with each other. And for, yeah. you know, for me it's 20 years, 25 years, but it's a great great journey to be on when you have longevity in relationships. There's nothing like it. Okay, we're going to turn a corner here as we close down this conversation. I'd love to hear from you guys. We've been asking everybody in every episode, what is the best piece of advice 
that you've ever been given. It can be lighthearted or it can be really serious, whatever you guys want. So I actually have two. The first one is when I received a coaching conversation. That's a nice way for I did something wrong. Someone was telling me that, <laughs> how I could have done it better. But it's stuck with me ever since. I'm a big emotional gal. I'm a four on the Enneagram. So I have big emotions in a big way. And in the coaching conversation, I was just resenting my emotions. I had given mm. an emotional response to something that I should not have. And the person that was giving me the advice reminded me that that my emotions aren't a burden to bear, but they're a gift to manage. Mm. And that has stuck with me as someone that has a lot of emotions a lot of the time, that it's not a burden. It's not burdensome. um, It's actually a gift that I have to steward well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's one. And the second thing is the idea that transparency protects my integrity. And so being transparent, who I say things to, how I say it to them, actually protects the integrity that I'm protecting behind closed doors as well, which has really just guided a lot of my life. And this is a more recent piece of advice that's really impacted me in a a really deep way. So those are my two. I love that. And your emotions are a gift. I mean, all of those great big emotions (laughs) are what makes everything so beautiful and creative. And they really are a gift and not a problem. So I love that. Carissa. Okay, mine, uh, you said something, Pastor Julie, years ago, after I finished my like 17,000 year journey to get my bachelor's degree. (laughs) It wasn't actually 17,000 years, but it felt like it. It was a really long time. It was much longer than four years. For those of you that are overachievers, we've got like high schoolers now that are getting their bachelor's degree in like a year and a half. Not me. That's not my testimony. But I was walking across the platform getting my diploma and Pastor Julie hugged me and said something that wasn't a new phrase that you had said to me, but it was an affirmation of the phrase that you'd been encouraging me with over the years. And you just said, thanks for doing the hard thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember that moment so distinctly because there were that that do the hard thing affirmation <laughs> that you have encouraged me with over the years was something that has stuck with me for so long. It's just when it came to school, I just want to take the easy route. I want to take the shortcut. Like I was kind of already in a job, doing my job, doing my thing. Like my, my, gifting and my talent was taking me places that my education really didn't what didn't feel necessary but the truth was I didn't know the full truth and so that phrase do the hard thing was something you'd encourage me with over the years and it has touched every aspect wow. of my life like when it comes to foster care I've shared some of my story about foster care it's like gosh thank god I'm I'm committed to doing the hard thing because of all the kids that I've got to like be a part of their lives. And so doing the hard thing, that is, that's the word for me. And, um, and I think it applies to friendship too, because gosh, I mean, friendships, they can get a little hard. hard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They can. No way. That's amazing. (laughs) This is the deal that life change does not happen on the road of least resistance, right? Right. It's going to be the hard things that cause us to grow. And you guys both have, I know both of you, I I know both your stories and you've done the hard things. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom um, today on the podcast. I know there's going to be some people that are actually going to be encouraged that their, their relationship is not about them. It really is about the greater calling that God has on us and that when they combine their personal calling with the collective calling that we have together, that there is such a joy and a sense of purpose that comes with that. And love that you guys are sharing that. Love that you're passing it on to the next generation and love what we get to do together. Thank you guys for jumping in the conversation and thank all of you for listening. And we'll catch you next time on the So Good Sisterhood podcast. Thank you for joining us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, 
share this podcast with a friend or leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good. 